Well, greetings, everyone. Thanks you. Thank you for joining me today. Turned down the wrong button. Okay, turned me down instead of the music. Hey, thanks for coming along. Today we're going to begin a brand new series because it's really, I believe, an important series, even for the day and age in which we're living. Oh yeah. What we're going to talk about in the next, I don't know, four, five, six days, is really going to get us through this life. Because this life is getting crazy, isn't it? That's an understatement. Who would ever imagine that the world would become what it's become? I know who would. The Apostle John, when he wrote the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah. So the reason for this series, no one can live without hope. And Solomon even said that. Solomon said, hope delayed makes the heart sick. Think about that. If you don't have hope in your heart, you have a sick heart. Sick heart, sick life. So hope is like that ingredient that keeps us alive, keeps us healthy and well. So the question is, where does hope come from? That's what we're going to answer today. Where do you get hope? Hope starts with faith. Okay? Hope starts with faith. That's why we need faith. Because we're going to see that that's like the root system of hope. Okay? You're here today listening to this program because you have faith. It's a program that is designed to build your faith, so to speak. Okay? You have faith in a God who created you loves you, and redeemed you. He redeemed you from judgment. And how did he do that? Through his son, Jesus Christ. And why is it that this faith kind of came into your heart? I think this is why. Because number one, we look at the wonders of creation. It is incredible. I mean, a paper clip needs a creator. Paper clips don't happen. They need someone to design them and create them. So imagine the human eye and the ear and the digestive system. Those things don't just happen. They need a designer and a creator. That's the wonders of creation. And then we have the discovering of divine revelation where God has made himself known. We have the providence of God, who's fostered the growth of faith in your heart. So different reasons why faith came into us. And now that you have faith, you can build on that faith. And what is it that you're building? Hope. So today, it's a brand new series on hope. And in our time together, we're going to lay the foundation of where hope comes from, and it comes from the foundation of faith. Okay? If you've got faith, you can build hope. But if you don't have the faith, then hope is going to be fleeting. You'll never find it. So question, why don't all people have faith? Wouldn't that be nice? 
I think so. If all people had faith, but why don't they? Because there are those who refuse to yield their minds to the will of God. That's why. I believe there are those that, if they desire truth, God will give it. But if they refuse it, then God can't give it to them. He won't give it to them. He won't force it upon them. So they remain void of hope because they lack faith. Oh, this is so simple. They remain void of hope because they lack faith. And in the words of Charles Spurgeon, Prince of Preachers, he said, Have faith in God, for faith is in itself a virtue of the highest order. Oh, yes. You know why? Because it brings us to God. That's what it does. And not only is it the highest of all virtues, it's really the springboard for the outpouring of all other virtues. Think about it. Think about faith and hope, how they work together. And faith in God, right, is like this river. And the tributaries that flow out from it, you know what they are? They, they, they are what produce other virtues, such as to be strong in labor, patient to suffer, fervent to love, eager to obey, zealous to serve. These are the tributaries that flow out from faith. And to take faith away from the Christian, it's like cutting the hair of Samson. Strength is gone. Remember that guy, Samson? They cut his hair, and he lost his strength. You take away faith from the believer. When the believer forsakes their faith, their strength is gone. Their strength to do the things that are going to come that way, to handle life as it comes at them. Okay? Very dangerous. Oh, we don't want to be in that place, do we? So we're going to take a look today at four aspects of faith. Okay? Number one, it is the means by which we enter into a relationship with God. That's basic. You want to know God? It takes faith. In Acts chapter 16, verse 31, the Apostle Paul, he was in a dungeon. He's in prison. And a jailer asked the Apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you should be saved. Oh, in your house. That means that everybody in your house, if they believe too, they'll all be saved also. So, this is one of the main declarations of the gospel. God invites us to believe in his Son. It's an invitation. I sent my Son. Will you receive him? That simple. See, God has concealed many things from us. He concealed the day of Christ's return. We don't know when he's coming back. He concealed how a seed grows. We don't know. We know we take a seed, put it in the ground, add water, come back later, boom. But we don't know how that works. God hasn't told us what angels look like. Oh, we got all kinds of renderings, but we don't know. But he has not concealed the way of salvation. No. He's made that known to everybody. And you know, I haven't yet read the scripture that says, whoever doubts will be saved. (laughs) Haven't found that one. 
Have you? I haven't. Matter of fact, doubting is not part of the Christian life. Did you know that? It's not. A few things that we do are not part of the Christian life. Doubting is one of them. Fear is another. Anxiety is another. And you see, faith takes these away. Oh, that's why faith is so good. It takes away doubt, fear, anxiety. Oh yeah, it replaces them. See, faith is assurance, and it's also evidence. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.1, faith is the assurance of conviction of things hoped for. Well, it depends on what translation you're reading. It's the assurance, the King James says the conviction or the substance of things hoped for, conviction or the evidence of things not seen. So what is he saying? That faith really is a substance. It gives us assurance. It kind of brings our soul in and makes it complete and makes it secure and makes it strong. And faith itself is its own evidence. Because if you have to see it, then it's not faith. So faith becomes its own evidence. The fact that you have faith is evidence of faith. That's it. See, it's not seeing is believing. But I'll tell you what, believing will become seeing. That's the way God set it up. He said, if you want to see, then you first must believe. The intellectual says, well, if I see, then I'll believe. Fine, but that's not the way it works. If you believe, then you'll see. That takes faith. Number two, faith is the simplest trust. It really is. In John 6, 47, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Are you kidding me? There it is. He who believes has eternal life. Now again, there are those who worship at the shrine of intellectualism. They get a, they have to, you know, intellectualize God. Others worship at the, at the shrine of legalism, where, no, it's a rigidity. It's a works program. Then there are others, they're at the shrine of liberalism. And that means, hey, I can do whatever I want. Nothing matters anymore. But all of those are off base. They're all off base. Jesus said, no, just believe. Intellectualizing won't save you. Rigidity of life won't save you. A life of unrestraint won't save you. Only a life of believing will save you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.19, where God is speaking through him, and he said, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not come to know God. So God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's incredible. You know what Paul is saying? 
that with all of the brain power of the world, they haven't discovered salvation. They haven't discovered eternal life. And if you look at the world today, you're like, yeah, you're right. Hollywood hasn't discovered it. Governments haven't discovered it. Nothing in this world has discovered eternal life except the foolishness of the message preached. With all of the brain power and all of the intellectualism of the world, they can't find God. And yet, the simplicity of the message will lead you to God. And see, God did that because he made it simple for all people. Remember when Jesus spoke in parables? He said, some will get it and some won't. I said, Lord, why do you want that? He said, because the simple people that want it will get it, and the intellectuals that really want to keep it intellectual, they won't. A humbling is required to understand the gospel. A humbling of the heart. So as I said, faith is a virtue. And no virtue is more truly excellent than the simple confidence in the eternal God, which we exhibit by God's grace. See, God is exhibited through our lives. I mean, come on. I don't know about you, but I have complete confidence in God because he's revealed himself to me and in me. And probably that's true about you as well. And whatever confidence you have in God, you can build it even more by increasing your faith. See, faith is like a muscle, and you can make it stronger and stronger. And we need to. You know why? Because Satan's number one enemy, or tool, I should say, is doubt. And doubt works against faith. So you got to keep your faith strong to fight off doubt. Okay, the third thing about faith The outgrowth of faith is our good works. That's how you know you really have faith. James talked about this in James 2.17. He said, even so, faith, if it has no works, it's dead, being by itself. It's like dead faith. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. He says, well, show me your faith without the works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And what's he saying? He's not saying it takes works to have faith. What he's saying is, if you have faith, works will follow. That's what he's saying. Works don't create faith. Works follow faith. Okay? That's the idea. Then Jesus said, For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's a pretty tiny seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. What Jesus is saying is that there are obstacles in life, and they're bigger than us. But faith will see you through. But wait a minute. Where does that faith have to be? In the heart. Faith has to be in the heart in order to move things. When we move from faith and it gets out of the knowledge of our head, and it becomes believing in the heart, that's when things happen. See, it's not intellectual faith. It's believing faith. Think of a a sailboat on the sea. Got this beautiful sailboat. 
The ship is designed to float across the water. But it's not going anywhere without a sail. The sail is the heart. But even with a sail, it needs something to move the ship. It needs wind. Faith is the wind. When the wind fills the sail, the boat moves, glides over the ocean. When faith fills the heart, your life moves. You have movement. You're not paralyzed anymore. You're not fearful, not anxious. Just like the wind fills the sail and the boat moves, faith fills your heart and you're moving and you're grooving and you're making headway, you're making progress, you see? So the heart has to be right. And you know, there's a lot of folks today, they'll never get faith because their heart is so hot, it's empty. It's empty. They won't allow the wind to come into the sail. So their life is stagnant. I've been on a sailboat. I had a little sailboat for a while, 22-footer. And when there was no wind, you sat there. And that was boring. One of the most boring things in the world is to sit on a sailboat when there's no wind and you're just drifting. And that's like the life of the person. They have a heart, but it's void of faith. And it's just, it's eternally boring. It really is, because you know the difference. When faith fills your heart, life isn't boring anymore. Oh, no. Just like when the wind fills the sail. That sailing isn't boring anymore. Now it's fun. And so it is when faith fills the heart. So what have we seen so far? Number one, as we're talking about hope, but it begins with faith. Faith is the means by which we enter into a relationship with God. Okay? Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Number two, faith is simple trust. It's not intellectualizing. It's trusting. Number three, faith, when it, when it has evidence, the outgrowth of faith is good works. Okay? When faith is present, good works follow. And then fourthly, the last thing I have, faith is really how we live. Faith depicts the lifestyle of the believer. In Galatians 3.11, Paul is actually quoting the Old Testament, but he said, The righteous man shall live by faith. The righteous man is the one that is a believer in Jesus Christ. So now there's a means by which we live, by which we order our life, and it's faith. And that little phrase, shall live, the righteous man shall live by faith, it's the words zao, Z-A-O, and it means to be alive. So the righteous man is alive by faith which here is pistis, faithfulness. So think about it. Without faith, what are you? Dead. Dead to God. Dead in the spirit. Without faith. 
but it's faith that makes you alive, and it's how we live. We live by means of faithfulness to God. Perhaps you could say that faith is the proof that I'm alive to God. That's the evidence. Luke 6.43 says, and Jesus, I believe, is speaking, he says, there's no good tree that produces bad fruit. On the other hand, there's no bad tree that produces good fruit. Okay? So the fruit is because of the root. So if you have a root of faith, then your fruit will be good. But if your root is not faith, if you live by something else other than faith, your fruit is going to be bad. It's going to be bad fruit. Unbelief offers no help in the present and no help for the future. Think about how devastating unbelief is to be an atheist, to be an agnostic. There's no hope. There's no hope for what's to come. And there's no hope for what's going on now. There's no hope. You can't have hope without faith. And God does not want us to be in an uncertain condition. He wants to put an end to uncertainty. He wants us to be certain about our lives. See, we're like ships tossed on the sea. We already noted the need of the wind in the sail to move the boat, right? So we need faith in our hearts for our own personal movement through life. But that is not all. There are times the ship needs to be stable, right? A ship isn't always moving. Sometimes it needs to be stable. And what is it that makes the ship stable? That's what we're going to see next time. The work of the anchor. The anchor holds the ship stable. So how does that work? And why? We'll see that. The work of the anchor as we build hope on the faith that we've already established. Okay? We want to see how these steps lead us step by step by step. So what have we learned today? Very simple, very basic. That's okay. That if you want hope, it begins with faith. And by the way, the word hope, just to clarify it, it means a certainty. It's not a wish or a desire. It's a guarantee. The Greek word for hope means to be certain. So our hope in Christ is a certainty. All right? It's not a possibility or a potential. It's a reality. Okay. So what have we seen? Speaking of faith. Number one, it is the means by which we enter into a relationship with God. Right? That's how we get to God. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. That's step one right there. You skip that step, that's it. You're going to fall off the dock into the water. You're never getting on the boat. <laughs> okay, number one, you got to believe. And it's a humble step. Pride and arrogance will keep you lost. It takes humility to believe. Number two, 
Faith is the simplest trust. Jesus said, listen, just put your trust in me. Watch me go to work for you. He will reveal himself. He'll make himself known in your life. That's the beauty of it. See, once you once you step into Christ, he takes over and he makes himself known. Thirdly, the outgrowth of faith is good works. So how do I know I have faith? I find my life producing good fruit, good works, and it's God working through me. And fourthly, faith really is how we live. It's like, it's my lifestyle. You know, it, it kind of, it's like, it's my roadmap. This is, this is how I live. You know, like an athlete lives a certain way. They condition their body. They have a particular diet, right? So as Christians, yeah, we have disciplines also. And we live a certain way. We have a particular diet of the word of God, not the filth of the world, right? We, we put, we got our hearts. We feed ourselves on scripture to build our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Okay. Very vital. So yes, we have somewhat of a disciplined life. If you want to build your faith, you have to have a disciplined life. Paul said, be diligent to present yourself. Okay. Be diligence requires effort. It requires intentionality. It requires valuing the reality of your faith. Let me ask you, do you value the reality of your faith? I hope so. That's when it becomes something. Well, this is a good start. I'm going to spend a few days on hope and see the outcome of it. But like we said, faith is the river and the tributaries flow out from it into all good things. Hey, don't forget, the Hope Club. You know, we had 500 downloads last week of our messages on the Hope Club. The Hope Club podcast. That's pretty incredible. Join the Hope Club. Go to hoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. Read about it. Oh, read all about it. It's there. And um, we're going to keep these messages going. We're in 31 countries. That's incredible. Maybe more. I don't know. But we just want to keep getting the Word of God out there because people need hope. Right? They really do. I need hope. You need hope. We all need hope. Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time. <laughs>